Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti with T. Frank Carr. It's quarter number three. You know what that means. It's time for Ask T. Frank. This is where we have T. Frank answer your Penn State football or recruiting questions. And if you want to submit a question, make sure you download our app, Keystone Sports, and you'll see the Ask T. Frank button. It's off-season. If there's ever time to send questions in, it's now. Because this is a good time. We'll get your question on the air and T. Frank will answer it, and he'll make you a Penn State football expert. At the end of the segment, we're going to name a winner for the best question, and they will receive a copy of the book, Why Penn State by Greg Woodman. That's available at whypennstate.com. You can also get it at Amazon. It's a great read. It talks about Penn State mostly in the decade of the 80s. Those of us who are old enough to remember, those were the glory days, T. Frank. A couple national championships. You're laughing. Why are you laughing? Oh, just the last five or six years, it seems like the 80s just keep coming back. Like Everyone thinks like apparently the 80s were awesome and we have to revisit them as a society. That's all. I don't know about a society, but as a Penn State football fan, I'll take two national championships in one decade. And still to this day, that Penn State-Miami game may be the single biggest college football game in the history of the game, T. Frank. It Mm. was an amazing, it was more than just a football game. It was more than just a national championship game. It was an event. The whole country was watching, by the way. All right, uh, T. By the way, if you if you yeah. want if you want to blame nil on something, blame it on television, and you can blame it on that game, because you know te- I mean not that television wasn't already around, but when they realized everyone loves football, give people yes. what they want. And I'll tell you what, a lot of what we've seen in college football over the last several decades, you could point at that game as the reason for it. That game is probably one of the biggest reasons why we have a national championship game now. We have playoffs mm-hmm. you, because of what that game created. So anyway, let's move on, T. Frank, to our questions before I fill up the whole segment talking about that one game. Let's start with, um, oh, okay. <laughs> Bill in Sarasota says, I have not been the biggest Jonathan Sutherland fan at safety. Will he be a better linebacker than safety, T. Frank? I'm following the theme of our show. I I feel... This is where I start to feel bad for players like Jonathan Sutherland because his coaches have asked him to do a job. And it's it's not some moral failing of his. And I feel like it gets... Sometimes fans get a little... They go a little too far. He is out there, and he's expected... I, I laid out his job in, in the last segment. He has to do that job, and he'll do most of that job fine. Like, even if it's not great, he'll achieve that task. But if he does not achieve your expectation of that task because there's this this preconceived notion that he's not a good football player... And by the way, I'm with you. I don't know that this is going to work. But I'm also not convinced it's not going to work. 
like let's let's review the evidence. Penn State has recruited linebackers to play will that they stick at Sam first. They've recruited safeties to now to play that position. So every 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 defensive position is important, but the eleventh defender, as I call it, can be anything. I've I'm I'm I've decided now. So why not try Jonathan Sutherland? Why not see if he's gonna if his skill set is better closer to the football? And I know fans will bring up Koa Farmer and all those things. And I yeah maybe there's there's an avenue that it doesn't work, but I'm not convinced it won't work. I'm on the doubtful side, but maybe maybe you know I I don't know. Well, I guess I I took the tone of the question probably a little different than you did. I took it as. Jesse Lucada made a move last year from linebacker to defensive end. Yeah. And I would say that experiment worked. Yeah. And he was a better defensive end than linebacker. I so this thought. is the problem. That this is the problem. That seems to me like the tone of the question. Right. And, and this gets, I think this is the, this is the heart of the question. Is Jonathan Sutherland good in coverage? Doesn't matter what coverage it is. Is he good in underneath coverage? Is he good in deep coverage? If he and this is where I think fans have already decided that he's not going to be any good there because he has not been good in deep coverage or in some of his responsibilities where he comes down into the box from that from that boundary safety. But if he's playing in that position, he's he's training there. I'm giving the opportunity for him to get better and to find a better fit and to blitz and to do things closer to the line of scrimmage. It has the opportunity, but you know, I, I just there are I'm not going to dismiss it out of hand, but I also share the doubts of fans. So I'm conflicted here, and I'm also frustrated that we spend 18 minutes every single day talking about Jonathan Sutherland at linebacker, and it's like, when you look at the broader context, there's like, I, I, there might be more important things to talk about. There might be, but I'll throw in one last comment. I look at it like, let's say Jonathan Sutherland was an average safety and mm-hmm. with average safety coverage skills. I think average safety coverage skills is probably at least above average, if not good coverage skills for a linebacker. Mm -hmm. Because on average, I would think safeties are better in coverage than linebackers are. So that's why I'm thinking, especially if that's going to be a lot of his responsibility, I'm probably more positive than you are about that uh, working out. All right, let's go to Dave and Erie, who said, we've heard the last two years about the offense and defense changing with a new coordinator. Does James Franklin let his coordinators run things on their side of the ball, and do they have more or less freedom than at most other schools? I can't answer that second part because I cover Penn State, and I 100% of my time is dedicated to covering Penn State for the most part. So 100% for the most part. Yes, but so I, I can't answer that second part, but I can tell you that uh, Manny Diaz is bringing his full defense from what I can see. There is there is no mitigation. There's no James Franklin. There's no play this safe. It, it From what I saw in the blue-white game, and that's what he wanted us to see, there is going to be a lot of aggression on that side of the football. There's been some conversation about the offense and does James Franklin meddle there, but let me ask you a question. If crap isn't working and you're trying to workshop a solution, that's everyone's job. Last season, we've covered this a bunch of times, Penn State's running game, certain systems weren't working. So how do you compensate? Well, in the past, James Franklin, they've worked better with an inside zone man blend where they are able to use counter and power and and things like that to create a good running game. 
So is that James Franklin meddling, or is that James Franklin trying to solve a problem with his offensive coordinator, who, by the way, is tasked in ultimately finding the answer? So if it's from that level, I can we can have a conversation about James Franklin being involved in the offense. When it comes to the play calling, that's not he's not involved in those things. What he's said before is that in a certain situation, it's third and six. Hey, man, we're going for it on fourth down. That changes the play call that the offense coordinator can can call because you might need to only get five yards to set up a fourth and one. You might not have to get all six. So that's where James Franklin comes in with the offense. So, you know, I, I don't think the the answer is not yes when it comes to does James Franklin meddle in the coordinators. I think that James Franklin has done a good job bringing in coordinators who he agrees with their style. Yes. So that when they come in, he say, hey, I like how Manny Diaz runs a defense. So I'm going to bring Manny Diaz in to run my defense. Because yeah. I know I'm going to like what he's doing. Felt the same way about Mike Yursich. Yep. Okay, let's go to Robbie in Altoona who says, Hey, T. Frank, I know that you said you didn't expect P.J. Mustafer would be ready until around midseason. Do you believe James Franklin when he says uh, P.J. Mustafer will be ready for Purdue? Do I believe James Franklin when he says P.J. Mustafer will be ready for Purdue? Yes, I believe he might. he will be medically cleared to play. My point is not, is he medically cleared? Can he make a difference? Does he have the strength in his lower body to make a difference? And that's where I have seen time and time again, guys are medically cleared to play, and P.J. Mustafer is going to be in the right gap. He's going to be uh, a smart football player making things hard, but is he going to have the leg strength to, when he jumps from the A gap to the B gap, plan himself and make somebody go around him, or is he going to get washed out in, in, in the wash of the offensive line? That's the part I don't know. I have seen consistently, going back to the questions about Saquon Barkley, can, ever, can he ever be that guy again? People keep asking me that. He came back from a torn ACL in nine months, and he is an athletic freak. His, his game is built on athleticism. He didn't. If you looked at his legs, his, his leg that was injured was smaller than the other leg. So how are you supposed to be a balanced athlete at that position, have your explosiveness, have your ability, and you're rehabbing your leg? So I don't expect P.J. Mustafer to be an impact player. I will start in late September is where I'm going to start looking for that. I'm going to be a little more positive, T. Frank, because we're months away from that first game. And for James Franklin to already be saying he thinks he's ready, um, yeah. will he be 100%? It's, it's hard to yeah. uh, think that, you know, first game. But I think... By James Franklin talking about this already in the middle of June that he'll be ready, I think that's a good sign. It's a positive sign. Sure. Uh, sure. Let's go to Pat from Percasy, who says, after a 500 record over the last two years, would you, T. Frank, be satisfied putting Sean Clifford back out there to start, or would you make a change at quarterback? No, he'd be my starter this year. He'd be my starter coming in this year. And then what happens during the year will determine whether or not he finishes the season. Um, so, yeah, I, I, would be, I would be fine starting Sean Clifford. Uh, from what I saw so far, he is clearly the best quarterback. So there you go. Uh, let's sneak one more in. Steve from Dubois says, Penn State both gained and lost a commitment this week who were decommitments. This seems to be happening more often. Do you have an explanation for that? 
Yeah, Josh Miller got recruited by Georgia, which is the national champion and produces NFL linemen. So that's a that that that's a that's a hard position to say no to. Um, I don't think that this is an indictment on Penn State. In fact, I think it's he's a three-star offensive lineman to on three in our in, in, in a three-star in most rankings. And the fact that Penn State identified a talent like Josh Miller. I know a lot of Penn State fans want to blame James Franklin for everything, but they identified this talent. They identified Rodney Gallagher early on. They're good talent scouts. They know talent, and they they go and they recruit it. But sometimes when you aren't the biggest fish in the pond, this happens. So, you know, they're going to continue to identify really good talent and recruit it. And whether it lands or not is the question. And the flip side of this is they also took a guy who had been committed to Rutgers where Penn State was the bigger fish. Yep. T. Frank is going to be back with us in quarter number four. We'll name our winner then. Stay tuned. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com.